listening to CBJRadio.com yet. It's a free internet radio station. Brand new shows every day. Shows range from hip-hop to rock to all independent artist shows. And we have a Friday night request show. And don't forget about our retros Saturday nights. Make CBJRadio.com the only free internet radio station you listen to. Hello, friends. How you doing? Are you ready for the summer? I sure am. Summers in Laramie are so nice. The weather isn't too hot all the time. Most of the college students have left town. It's the time for us locals to get out and enjoy bars, restaurants, and such. I say my job would be great if it wasn't for all the college kids, but, you know, they pay the bills around here. I wouldn't have a job without them. My big plans for the summer are a trip to South Padre Island for my girlfriend's birthday, then three nights of widespread panic at Red Rocks, and then capping off the summer with a trip to Illinois for a musical festival called Summer Camp. A lot of my favorite bands will be there. What are you going to do this summer? What do you like to do during the summer? Do you like to travel? Are you a concert goer? Do you go to baseball games? Or you just try to avoid the heat and sun like a lot of people I know. Well, I hope you have a great, great summer that makes up for this last year and a half or so of COVID. Today's guest is Zach Miller. And we had a chance to meet up in Laramie a week or so ago before the interview. He was in town for his brother's graduation. He thought Laramie was so different without our crew of friends from back in the day not being here. I told him it's totally normal for people to graduate from college and leave Laramie. I left in 99 and came back in 2003 and haven't left since. He left after graduation. I feel like Mike, if you ever watched the movie It, the black guy and Mike who stayed in Laramie, uh, he's, Mike stayed in Derry and never left and kept all the memories. I keep all the memories alive because those memories are still surrounding me with every bar I go to, every house I pass by, uh, every old friend that comes to town for a college football game. I still have all these memories with me from the great times we had back in the day. Well, let's get to talking about some of those memories with Zach. So I was born in Douglas, Wyoming, just east of Casper. A lot of us more so know Casper in Wyoming. And um, let's see, most pretty, pretty quickly, I moved to Sundance, Wyoming. And I was there till five years old. Uh, My parents got divorced. My mom was very young when she had me. And uh, we moved. We moved back to Glen Rock, which is right next to Casper. Um, I really want to plug Glen Rock and, and Douglas for for Wyoming. They they are um, they still have coal, and it's not like we want to kill the coal jobs at all. Keep those going all the way. But in that area, in in Glen Rock, my grandma was a. I love her to death. I she's right here on my. Oh, wow. I, I, Ash is in her right there. 
It's the coolest gift I've ever been given. It's a little Celtic cross and you can put a little, nice. little bit of her ashes. And she worked for the um, power plant in Glenrock. She made a great living. She did a great job. Everything went well. And I want that to continue. And I think if we ever go into politics, it always just kind of seems like we just fuck. We just hit each other in the head, Democrats and Republicans on things. Um, where we see so, other, and yeah. if we, them, even if we hate like communism, communism just goes like this. It's like the leader says, we do this and everybody has to do it. And I'm not saying better and I would want to live there. But in the next five to 10 years, while this goes like this and we keep doing this, whether we're right or wrong, we keep fighting each other economically, politically, the two coincide. I just, I just worry about it. And Wyoming is just like a perfect hotbed, like diversify. You got wind there, you know, like I don't, I don't see yeah. how the real left wing can be like, Oh my God, it's the worst uh, eyesore in the world. And the, and the right wing can be like, Oh, well, we're doing fine on coal. I'm like, if, as I watch it from beyond, and, and I'm kind of in a state that's kind of this very similar, very Oklahoma, yeah. a lot of uh, uh, long-term money. They've been doing it for a while. There's been a lot of oil. I just, I'm just like, why is it, why is it so against the rules to divide, to, to divert, to diversify? I do a lot of crypto coin. Um, uh well, investments yeah I, I listen to everybody i possibly can um but and, and right now if anybody's listening ethereum is hot as shit i love ethereum i think it's gonna go beyond bitcoin within a year maybe two and if you're in right now you're gonna be killing it don't call me on it do your own research <laughs> um but that's just it do your own Okay, well, I'm gonna roll you back to your grandma in oh yeah, and and, and Glenrock. So you, you, how long were you in Glenrock for? You said five years or so. Yeah, well, we moved there when I was in kindergarten. Okay. My mom in a really tough position. She uh, she had myself and my sister. We found out at three years old, uh, she was a diabetic. Oh. It, it was, a, it was a strange night. She just started. She's like, I need water. And dude, D DJ Rude, I call you shit. Sorry. I can do Rude, you're, you're diabetic as well. Yeah. Did you ever Time know day. that thing happen within you? Yeah, yeah. she so First off, she's a, a, autistic. Oh, yeah. Um, so she's not able to say like, hey, mom, shit is wrong. All she's able to say is like, I need more water. And yeah. she's pounding it and pounding it. And we're like, grandma, myself, mom, we're all watching. And we're like, something's wrong. Nobody can drink this much water so fast. And, and it was late at night. And all I remember, all I remember is a five, I was five. Yeah. And, and uh, all I remember is like the next day, um i'm i think mom and grandma went into the hospital that night or maybe the next morning super early 
And they're like, Kenzie has diabetes. That's why she was drinking all this water. And, and ever since we've, you know, checking the blood and doing all, I'm like, damn, like she's got to prick herself in the finger twice a day. Like I always felt so bad about all the shit she had to go through. And is she type two then diabetes or type one? Do you know? I, I, yeah, help me out. I think type one is like, you're born with it. Not always. Um, there are some instances of late where they believe that like you get a virus and it totally just jacks your pancreas. And some people get type one as adults. Yeah. Mostly type two as adults. Like I got it when I was um, in my twenties, it was in my family and such um, late set, late set diabetes. I don't take insulin. Well, I don't take the shot insulin. I have pills and such. Um, okay. And so when, when you said, two pricks a day. I was like, okay, that's about a type two type scenario. Uh, type one, their, their pancreas doesn't work. And so they're, they're constantly checking their sugars. A lot of them have a pump these days where they can just pump it in. Um, mm -hmm. I don't have that luxury. It's kind of check it after meals, morning, stuff like that. Um, I've had it for long enough to where I can feel it. And like you talked about the thirst, I remember in the beginning, I dropped a bunch of weight. I was so thirsty all the time and I wasn't doing myself any justice. I was drinking Mountain Dew and orange juice, which is just Jack and sugar. Like it was, but your, but your body said I needed it. Yeah. Well, I, it needed water, not sugar, <laughs> not, <enough>. but... <laughs> not the sugar, but it was, um, it, it's interesting to see. I'm, I'm fortunate enough to get in my later in life. Um, but to get it as a kid, it's hard to understand what you're going to have to do for the rest of your life. And, uh, and yeah, I know he's got an older brother and a mom, and grandma to kind of be on top of that. But that is a, a, uh, thing you got to live with for the rest of your life, even though they're making progress with science. And as you kind of got into political stuff, science sometimes gets defeated by political stuff. And a lot of stem cell research got set back a lot and that would help people with diabetes, a lot of things because of politics and such. Um, but do it. <laughs> yeah, but I digress. Uh, I don't like so, that, but I get it. Yeah. Um, and so I digress into, uh, so it's you and your sister, your mom um, growing up. Uh, and, and so what were you like as a kid? You were, were you into sports, were you into comic was, books? Were so, you, you know, really, really young growing up, I was, all on my own and what I thought was like a big town of Spearfish, South Dakota. Oh yeah. And, um, you know, it was on the other side, the Sundance where I eventually ended up about, you know, four or five years later was just on the other side of the, um, you know, Wyoming, South Dakota border. Uh, I got challenged a lot out there. Um, you know, I, I, I was a jock. I was a jock by nature. There you go. Um, my mom had a, a really great singing voice and she would bring me to the Black Hill State University, um, their, their choir ensembles, or she'd have something, uh, solo. And, um, I was never very like drawing. I couldn't draw shit. I, I, I never could do anything like that, but I, I was very athletic. I was very quick. I was like a West Welker for those people. I was a quick little white guy, not fast, but quick. I could beat you to six yards real quick. 
And um, I loved sports growing up. Um, when I moved from South Dakota in Spearfish over to Sundance, I, I was a little bit better than everybody in my, my age group. And it afforded me to, once I got into high school, um, play at a younger age even though I, I shit i probably was bigger as a sophomore than i am now i i haven't worked out at all in a year i've been taking care of dogs i'll go into that later but um i i was quick and um it, it i learned i got a lot of i got a lot of reciprocation and and people that were like thank you for killing it this friday or whatever like from guys that used to like kind of cowboyish like i didn't connect with but they were like we're all in the same high school and you fucking killed it this week i was so taken back by that like well yeah cool like that's all that really matters like let's win yeah and i'm and it actually blew me away. But the fondest memories of all my high school, if when this gets broadcast and I want all my homies to see it, is that A, I live, and I'll say it out loud, I lived in a state still to this day that is, it's illegal to smoke marijuana. I went. I, I would get up in the morning and I would get a ride to my high school class and I smoked pot. We'd smoke a joint. We were the craziest people ever to do that ever. Like, oh my God, that's the guy. Like, okay, I got 3.85. And the guy that's driving the car is the valedictorian. It's different than what you guys are labeling it as and it's yeah. it's it's just so so strange to me if you ever try it and compared to some of the stuff that you think is legal and you put it on a schedule of one i i i'm not against conservative values i want to keep my money i don't want to pay taxes for people that don't do anything but i knew when i got a chance to get out of wyoming as much as I love all the people there, I never, never really fully loved the politics of what was actually going on. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm not, I'm conservative. I think most, here, here, most left-wingers and right-wingers, they, they would agree on this. Stay out of my, stay out of my bedroom. Stay, stay out of my, Stay out of my home. When I'm in my home, I'm in my home. That's going to pull all the left in. I can be as gay as I want to. And I love gay, gay, whatever. Fucking do it. Go for it. Many, many great friends. And I think the right would say the same thing. Stay out of my bedroom. And they'd also agree with stay out of my wallet book. And I think you you you're gonna capture if anybody ever gets on a political platform like that, they're gonna capture a lot of people that could really do a great thing for our country. And I think more and more it just gets divisive, and they want to fight each other harder. And I and it kills me. I don't have the, but that's that's my best that I can give.
Well, I, like I was definitely in high school a identified as a jock. What I, I mean, that was my gig. Um, I moved to Laramie when I was thirteen, not really loving Wyoming. I come from the left coast, Portland, suburb of Portland. Yeah. And, uh, so <laughs> my use my ideals a little different coming from that area. Um, my parents are my dad and stepmom are educators, uh, retired teachers and such parents worked in the university system. So I, yeah, I, I, for Wyoming, I think differently. Yeah. And, but I wasn't in love with the place. And so I thought sports were my ticket out, but now, you know, I always laugh because now I've lived in Laramie 18 years. Since <laughs> I moved back after I, I had the chance, I got out for a couple of years and did. And, and was like, now I've lived here for 18. I thought I was going to be back in Oregon, but I'm also, I work at a university, which I adore education. I think that's the answers to a lot of things. And I feel like I'm fighting the good fight from the inside. And as long as I can educate these kids from Wyoming, or at least help, because I work in IT, so I make sure um, the stuff works that they can see all their education on and teachers can teach and such. And so, uh, I, I like that aspect of it. And, but yet I understand where you came from in, in Sundance where your star athlete in the Valley Victorian or blazing a J on the way to work is our way to school is probably like shocks people it did. to like to the nth degree because you're both excelled. You excel, you got good grades and you excelled on the court and and the moment but the moment you would like falter from that they would all hold that against you yeah you know they would want to throw the book at you. oh yeah as if they just had the crystal ball the whole way but the, everybody yeah. has a life like that regardless there's pot or not like things go and go they go down um it was shocked that it made it to sundance that's all it, like, yeah I'm the same way. I was just so like, I, I, I did a massive, my probably the biggest paper I ever had in high school was like a 10 page paper for our, our uh, American government class. And, and basically it was just me doing all my dig on an advocacy of marijuana as, as something that would be beneficial to humanity in America in general and our stage one labeling is just just absolutely I'll say it F fucking stupid I mean I, I tried to OD on marijuana once I just fell asleep on the couch dear yeah. god <laughs> zero deaths from marijuana zero deaths, zero deaths. when you I did the say that about like computers like a computer fell on him killed him or radiation off a computer kills like weird stuff like that you're like no when i did their research they said that they they had pumped into a little like a shoe box they had a, a mouse in there and they pumped in don't quote me but thirteen thousand milligrams and it was just like dude it you didn't kill it from marijuana smoke you killed it from deprivation of oxygen like <laughs> just like and then if you're gonna say it's a schedule one and we've all if you haven't seen uh up in smoke when 
a lot of your grandparents and parents have got their idea of the shit, then watch it again. Reefer Madness. Reefer Madness. Yeah, that Reefer Madness. Like oh, yeah, that nonsense. <laughs> just just the ultimate in um uh well you know what propaganda. propaganda yeah the, oh yeah you can even find i had a friend that i saw this on facebook today that was pulling you know pulling cards on people freaked out about 5g networks <laughs> and and he had a picture of people all afraid of regular electricity it was a newspaper article from like you know the 1950s yeah. and it was like if you you touch these or they're gonna fall and like the whole city's gonna it's just like sometimes we're just we just meet it head on with fear right out the gates and i don't i i i understand it but it gets rational it's easy to fear things you don't understand i mean yes that's and and but yet i think it takes you know i don't know if it's great intelligence but to open your mind to accept things that you may have feared, but no longer present that fear, but actually are helpful or um, a new way to look at things. Um, I mean, that's kind of where I felt I had the short end of the stick. Well, you know, I come from Oregon and I, and I come to this community of Laramie and totally accepted right away. I was some kid from Portland, Oregon. Nobody really knew what that was. And it was interesting. And so I learned to make friends with everyone because like my former peer groups in Oregon, like, yeah, I was turning into a football player. I was turning to a jock and all that. Listening, if you can do that. Yeah. You can do that. It turns into whatever you want. And so my high school best friend was a bass player. And he was a computer nerd. And we were into that kind of stuff because I didn't see like partying or anything that helped my way out of Laramie. So I was like, no, that's not my, what I'm going to do. And I wasn't just, com- I wasn't comfortable enough with these people to do that yet. Um, college, different story. Um, went crazy wild with it. But it was like, um, and that taught me in life that from there on out, talk to everybody, meet everybody, because they're going to be there. You're missing out on some great people out there. If you just judging by their looks or just judging by their political stance or just meet them all um, working in bars and such, that really kind of set the tone. And I'm like, yeah, like I have a great collection of friends. So I do this podcast to interview them all because they had to all sell such great stories and such. And because I'm not afraid to become friends with somebody, um, and, and, and so I'm glad it works, this works out and everything. Uh, so how big was your high school? I know I'm wrapping it back around <laughs> that big. He's using his hands and he's putting them together. Like <laughs> there, what was your graduating there, class? 32 kids in my graduating right. class. Uh, one of my best friends to this day, I love him like a brother, Nick Furter and I were the, the first two to kind of lead everybody in. And it was because, well, when we did the, 
when we did the practice, they didn't have any music or anything. Oh. But because my friend and I liked it, blaze joints uh, we were like we'll just kind of sing it and everybody just walked to the beat and that actually that actually started one night in his uncle's house uh, a real good friend uh, his cousin his and another just i know it's gonna sound like fuck are you all related out there it is kind of yeah close everybody's close out there even if you're not related you still know everybody oh, yeah. but my graduation theme song practice i hope my boy nick further watches <laughs> sometime we would come back from the morning classes and then seniors got to take the rest of the day off and of course we blazed down and we we would set the music we would go just just stupid like as if we're doing you know uh monks you know and and our english teacher who is the senior advisor she's like perfect you guys lead it and let's get this going we need <laughs> we're like we're so fucking lit up <laughs> And then graduation day, I like to tell this story. Um, my brother was five years old and he and you met him this last oh, week. Yeah. He was five years old when I graduated from high school and he we all lined up after we walked and he cried his ball. He cried so much. It was the heart. It was like the cutest thing ever. But the hardest thing, I'm like, brother, I'm not leaving you. Oh. Uh, he In his five-year-old mind, he was like, this is the last time I'm ever going to see my brother. And I was like, oh, man, that's so damn cute. And bro, I'm going to see you for many, many more years. And, and to be honest, DJ, uh, this last weekend, I was like, fudge. This might be my last time I ever go to fucking Laramie. Like, huh. I could see my girl going down for a Saturday and like, and I'll show her around and whatnot. But man, it's changed so much. It's weird not knowing the entire town. Like the crew used to know. Mm -hmm. I know you. I hear. I hear you. Fucking Ivan's ninth and Ivanson. <laughs> okay, Harrison Cougar Radio. I hear y'all. My DJ Milk, man. I love what you're doing, Rude. And man, it's it's just different when you go back to Laramie. Um, I well, loved it. Well, and I'm okay. You. Uh, I got it. Well, okay. You grad. You just talked about graduating high school. Was going to college like a choice? Like, is that what you wanted to do? Did you want to go to the University of Wyoming? Because yeah, yeah, I would. I would say uh, I taught for a while, and I'll circle back to this. Yeah. I knew by my freshman year of high school I was going to go to college. I I had a family that had my that had money to help. Um, that's number one. I don't care who you are. Or if they, you know, the shit that happens in the movies anymore and documentaries and William, Willem Dafoe and his, or not William, uh, well, I'll shut up, Zach. Um, 
it's not like we were rich, but yeah. I had enough. My parents had money. I knew I was going to go to college. My father at the time was a lawyer. My mother was a counselor. She graduated from Yeshiva University, which is top five in the nation. Um, Not that anybody from Wyoming would even know or give a fuck. But um, and I I don't mean that too negatively, but. Yeah, I will say that I was very brought up on. Always, I've always felt sociology, especially in my mother going, uh, getting her master's in it. She she said, this is this is where you find bullshit. I've always felt sociology is the bullshit finder in what's going on in, in society. And and I would like to share this. This is a, a very interesting story. At one time in my life. And I wouldn't be too far from it now. I could teach American history. And there is a place in Oklahoma called the Greenwood District. Look it up on YouTube, anybody that watches this. It's not taught anywhere else in the nation. In fact, my uncle, who actually leans a bit to the right, he says, I grew up about a, a mile and a half from this place, and I never heard of it until I did my own research. It is kind of Oklahoma um, history only. It's, it's, it's just kind of been buried is the fastest way to say it. What it was. It was called the Black Wall Street. And this was in Tulsa, Oklahoma. It was a little district and in, in all these black people were thriving. They were doing well. They were marketing to bring, they were just kicking ass, period. As much as they, there's no other, you ever heard of Black Wall Street? Me neither. Just recently, actually. It's not from you, I had heard about it, but yeah. Yeah, man, people need to look this up. There's, they, they called it a race war or a race riot. And it wasn't, it was a bunch of, it was a bunch of KKK motherfuckers coming in and just dismantling bodies, businesses, homes. And in the news, the fake news coverage was like three people have died. There is a fucking massive graveyard out there in in this greenwood district and there's to this day like three gravestones and whenever i hear the shut up lebron and play basketball whenever i hear anybody that's political and talk shit on people that do anything economically especially like black athletes like what the fuck else are they gonna do and they and they earned it you listen to them, they can say whatever they want. If you don't want to listen to it, shut it off, turn on something else. But don't tell him to shut up and go dribble the basketball. He's he's using his platform to bring about stuff that most... Um, that's why I said at the start of this, I was certified. I still am certified to teach American history. And I don't know shit about this. It's 
just as many people died from it as they did in 9-11. And I don't know shit about it. So how can I tell? It, it, it's there's sorry, but there's whitewashing and I don't hate being a white person. I'm just saying. It, well, I, I kind of can relate into it. it. I went to Australia. Yeah. After, after uh, down high under graduation down under mall, you went as well. And well, you were in different years. And yeah. I sat in on a class on their history class. And wow. it was interesting to get the perspective from an Australian history class on what was going down in the world when I just gone through that and how my perspective was different. It wasn't totally completely opposite and, and rewrote like history, like say North Korea does for their history yeah, and, and such, but it kind of got me prepared for college and the history classes I was about to take because I had one that was all about just Wyoming, which was pretty fascinating and interesting. And then one that was US history, but it was taught from the mass perspective. It wasn't taught from, you know, Abraham Lincoln, you know, George Watt, you know, those guys. No, this is, what, this is what the masses were thinking at the time. This is what the common man was thinking. Yeah. At the time. It's really hard to wrap your mind around that because that you want history to deliver it a certain way because you remember it because it's taught the same way. And I think they're taking out a lot of facts these days from it and they're glossing over a lot of things and i was like you know how can you learn if you can't learn from the, your history from your past and not make the same mistakes and that's what history is and that's no, a i'm not that. i i it should slavery and all that stuff should be taught but what shouldn't be taught is being guilty as a white person today for slavery back then that is that's what they think is being taught and that's not the case you're it's, learning from it you're learning that you can't own people that is the first thing you should learn about slavery is you can't own you can't people, own people. And, I, and if you've not taught that through something because they believe you know some board of education thought it was the right idea to take that part of history out say it was states rights it, it's interesting because they're going, oh, you don't want to feel bad about this. Well, you don't have to as long as you don't think slavery is is right. If you think it's wrong, don't feel bad about it. Yes, I absolutely think slavery is wrong. We cannot own people. And I learned that from my history books. That was, the, I mean, I remember learning that stuff and I was like, wow. Yeah, I'd be pissed off too. And I was like, why did they stay there? Why, you know, I'm asking those questions. Like, why did they stay there and get an union? not knowing enough as a kid but i'm like this is, yeah this is unheard this is crazy because I, I my and growing up in oregon my classes were very mixed so i'm like wow that's ridiculous that because you color your skin or you came from this continent now you're a slave to people that look like that is just crazy to me but like i don't know why they want to change that kind of history it happened you learn from it, but you, Germany you doesn't like it either. Germany, you know, Germany learns from it. Doesn't do it again. All whatever, whatever level it is, like learn from it. And I know that the Democrats aren't. I don't want to just make this a plug for Democrats. Uh, yeah, but uh, all figured out. They don't. And um, I well, do. I'm all about it. 
the more that we print out money in the last year, I'm just the more that I'm just nervous about the economic. I don't know shit about it, but maybe I'm downplaying myself. But I do know that just printing money on end is is a problem. I heard somebody say, "Well, it doesn't it doesn't hurt the next future." I was like, "That's all it hurts. It just hurts the future." Like if 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 this dollar doesn't mean anything anymore, well, good luck, America, in 20 years from now. Yeah, so. I mean, it's that's probably something economic. Economic, I'm economist. Sorry, <laughs> money people um, can sort out. And and I've listened to a few on both sides of it because yeah, I get worried. Like you can't just go into debt and debt and debt, but also like. Well, if you only have to pay that debt back at minimal percentage, really, you got to take risks. Yeah, you got to take yourself. As long as the interest rate stays down, it's not as hard for us to pay ourselves back, pay these banks back. And so that's why. But yeah, we Dude. need to be fiscally responsible as a government because last week, uh, last week everything was down. Like, as soon as I saw you, even a little bit before, I want to say like Friday, it all just started going to shit. And I was like, yesterday I talked to my most trusted uh, advisor, I will call him. And I'm like, bro, I'm about to pull out. I'm about to pull out all my money and say, fuck this crypto game. And he's like, well, I never say, never said it was done. I was like, well, talk to me because Bitcoin is at half as much as it was a month ago. He's like, I'm on board with everybody saying Bitcoin is going to keep faltering. Ethereum is going to keep going. And if I could do D-Y-O-R, do your own research. But if I could offer anything of what I've learned in the past eight months that has brought money passively is... um, Bet on Ethereum. Get your money into Ethereum. Watch it grow. It's not always going to be every single day that it just goes up 20%. Some days it takes a dive. and Maybe you want to buy at that time and instead of being weary about it. That's the way I get. I'm like, oh, God, the sky is falling. It's not going to be worth shit. I need to sell it now, even if it's at a loss. I was about to do that all day with my girlfriend and my both of our accounts i was like baby you need to do the same thing on sunday afternoon monday afternoon everything was back up 50 35 to 50 percent all the day before meant in hindsight if you had a crystal ball buy a shit ton quit being scared that's it like when the market is down and you really believe in it that's when you're you know the rubber hits the road buy it on the cheap bitcoin right now is at about thirty eight thousand dollars it was at sixty three thousand dollars sixty four thousand dollars a month ago um ethereum has been up to uh, just under four thousand about three weeks ago. It's at about twenty five hundred right now. 
all I can say is this, is that that shit's not leaving. Um, don't go hog wild with it, but find people that have been investing and, and, and have gained, you know, people that you trust. I have about four friends and that's it that I, one is a millionaire from it. He was just a regular dude teaching me supplements in Los Angeles when I, when I moved out there and wanted to enter into the health and fitness world. And, and the dude wasn't, he's making probably 30 bucks an hour at most. Next thing you know, since he knew his supplements and he bought his own business, he was able to take business loans out at massive amounts compared to an individual. Yeah. And now my business is behind this and he would put down shit like 300. He would get a loan for three, $300,000 or more. And he just throw it all on whatever Bitcoin that very night. And then he'd pay off the loan within a month. And he told me and, you know, he, he told me, I went, I wish I would have taken out some money earlier that, Two weeks ago, I was at $14.9 million. Honest to God, he was just another six years ago, just managed a store. $14 million. And he's like, now I'm down to 5.9. Wow. I lost big on that, but I still have a lot of money. I'm like, bro, you still. You got to 14 million since I've known you. You were anyway, dude. He's yeah. he, and I'll throw out I'll throw out a little prejudice here. He's he's uh he's an Asian. He's my boy. If anybody wants to follow my guy, Dan uh shit, I just call him Asian Dan. Dan Jensen on my Facebook. Okay, Dan Jensen is Dan Jensen. And if if you just want to hit me up and at the end of the day, I'll just tell you, I'll just tell you what I'm doing and whatever has been helping me. And I just, anytime it's investments, I just want my friends and my family to win. That's it. That's, that's all I care about. I, that's all I care about really in life. You know, friends and family to win. I've, I've, I had to see more than Wyoming. I went out to California and uh, I taught for about eight years. Uh, I saw the disillusionment about education and, uh, and I'm actually really, really happy that I got out and, and, and ran off to Los Angeles to pursue the health and fitness game. Um, I learned a lot. I met a lot of people. And as I watched education just go, basically all the public education money moving from from the people who need it the most. It was just like, I'm sorry, if anybody loves DeVos, <laughs> we're, we're on opposite sides. And and she was brought in, in, in my humble opinion, to funnel money out of public education where parents really can't, they can't spend fifteen thousand dollars a year for your ninth grade education some of them it's just at the end of the day it might even just be fucking daycare i understand 
Yeah, it is. Education should be just as real. Like some of it, all we're really doing is just holding them here for nine hours for mom and dad oh, and or dad to make a, a living. And what's crazy is, is the town that I uh, taught in for a while actually has a Netflix special. I, I don't know if it's still up, I'll, you know, if it's still going, but I had a couple, Jeff Bridges was one of my students. He's like one of the main characters. It's all documented. Jeff, that kid can't act it. He can't. He's, he's a good kid, heart full of gold, but never going to college. And one of the last things I was really involved with within education was a, a program called AVID. And, and that's why I bring up when I knew, when, when I was a freshman, I knew I was going to college somewhere. Yeah. Somewhere. Probably most likely Wyoming. I kind of wanted to go to CSU because it looked cool as shit over there. Don't hate me, everybody. You, you look cool. But fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I also applied in this school called like the the Puerto Rico USA Schools of America. And oh. I wanted to be a marketing guy. And uh, at first, and then I I got accepted to those two schools, but it was just so much money. My dad and my mom were like, yeah, right. Shut up, Zach. You're going to Wyoming. So hear that. Yeah. Like, Zach, shut up. You're going to Wyoming. When I took the kids, moving back to my story, when I was an avid teacher, you got to look up this program, people, if you're watching this and interested and you have a high school kid. AVID is a program that basically, A, you would be the first person to graduate from your family and go on to college. Nice. Um, two, we start tracking you if you have the potential at like sixth grade. You have good grades. We know sorry but we're looking at like what are your what's your what's your what's your help you know are your parents what do they do it's not like we're it's not like avid was ever like you know what am i trying to profiling but it was pro it was it was but it was profiling to help kids that the very first time i ever took them to a college campus i heard in the background about 10 10 kids behind me one of the kids saying to his homies he's like oh my god this is what college is like it's like yes <laughs> get, yes exactly get i was in a town called yucca valley california and and i and i really just wanted to get out of wyoming number one and i was kind of sold on this idea that it was in california you were able to teach you're 30 miles away from palm springs everything you could ever want from there and there's a lot to offer in yucca valley but Yucca was uh, a lot of grandparents were raising the kids, mother, father, maybe in jail or whatever, horrible situations. And um, it wasn't what I thought California would be, A. Uh, but I did gain a very strong sense of purpose in helping others. And, and that's... 
I hope to just get better at it every day throughout my life. Like it's even in old Deuteronomy, <laughs> the craziest. I may be Leviticus. It says number one, God said to our biggest uh, uh, point of life is to love. And we both know if you go further into Leviticus and Deuteronomy, it's crazy in, in our minds. I won't judge it. I do, but uh, I like for one, and I judge most people on that. Do you love? Do you do you help other people? Do you extend it? And um, I'll finish with this. My girl, my birthday was on Sunday. Happy birthday! Gift that I got. My girlfriend spent way too much money. But the best gift she got me was a membership, a year long membership to what's called ASPCA. They fight animal cruelty. Oh, yeah. They help um, shelters across the nation. It's $19 a month. And when she, I mean, I opened up a bunch of Super Dry and my favorite clothing line and some Nikes that are 150 bucks. Fuck all that noise, man. Huh. Love them not fuck too much of the noise <laughs> but when she was like i bought you a, a membership for a year to aspca that's where my heart's at now i uh i moved on from la and pursued um pursued a life in, in more so sales and uh using health and fitness uh something i'm i'm still strong about I just, I am, I have had, pup, we had puppies in November, November 3rd. And that was a, kind of the last time I've really been at the gym. <laughs> my friends that my brother had to see me the other week and be like, holy cow, you're so much skinnier. Everybody says it. And I, at the end of the day, it is what it is. Life goes on. You need to find motivation and, and hey, take a look go through anybody watching this go ahead and look at my pictures my videos anything on facebook from a year look at me now i basically have a dad body now <laughs> sorry um, not to laugh like that it's all good it's all good it's well, real I, I mean what'd you say you're 41 years old yeah just okay. turned it I'm 47 um but also i i think if you, I always say this, if you have a job that requires you to just lift shit and be strong and be big and, and stuff like that, work out like that. But if you got a job, like for me, I spent a lot of my life trying to be an offensive lineman, defensive lineman, and didn't know how to properly get down that weight till much later in life. Or my, I didn't, my, I, I identified myself as a big guy and there are times where I was like, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to call. I just want to be a normal sized dude. I don't want that anymore. This is more, my brain is more important than my body. Right. I mean, I got to work on that thing a lot for at least for my job and such. And so when people are like, well, you, you work out a lot. What, I mean, no, you've lost a lot of weight. What do you do? And I'm like, I don't pound iron. I'm not like just jacking weight. I'm doing stuff that's maintenance and hoping that this body will last me another 40 years or so and doing the stuff that affects your insides as much as your outside, like 
taking right supplement or taking the right vitamins, eating right, sleeping right. And, and so it's hard to change that when you are just a gym rat, which I was for a long time to maintenance. And you, and you're like, probably going, I failed or whatever, but you're, you're taking a change in your life that it's a different direction. It doesn't require you to be jacked. It looks nice yeah. all the time, but it requires a lot of work that where you want to put that work into other things, your girlfriend, your job, your dogs, all that. And so you're yeah. kind of like, well, I can still maintain health. I just don't have to be there all the time. And so don't beat yourself up, but not that much. You'll be all right. <laughs> I have to though. At yeah. some point, eventually, I'm gonna have to beat myself up, and and I'm a, I I I just want a yoga body. As I these, I want a massive, you know, range of motion. I think that will challenge me in a way I've never been challenged or except. There's only there's only one way an outside force that can challenge me is to say you can't fucking do oh, it. Yeah. A lot of people are that way. Go do, go do warrior dash go do uh tough mutters start training for that that'll get you back into exactly i i could go i you know what speaking humbly i could take about two weeks of eating nothing but fucking donuts and i guarantee if i signed up for a membership to f45 i could quickly earn some extra money they do one they do four seasons of the of various different things and one of the if you if you win it's fifteen thousand dollars wow i've seen it from the inside where i wasn't necessarily a member of or an owner or a, any person that worked with f45 but i i see their business model and they're ultimately they want an F45 on every, before COVID at least they wanted an F45 on every corner of the street throughout the nation. They wanted to blow up LA Fitness, all this shit. They had a really cool routine too. Is basically you come in, you got 15 minutes to change if you need to, and you got a 45 minute course that the the trainer walks you through within four minutes. When you get to your station, you can see a person on the video doing it. So whatever you forgot, just do whatever the fuck was on that for the next 45 minutes. And then you move to your next station. And it's a very, and it, it's all about two, two qualifications. A, you look the part. B, you motivate people. And that's it. And um, I know COVID fucking hurt all those gyms in the last year but i just bring it up because if a person really was way out of fucking shape and they wanted to make fifteen thousand dollars i know i could help them do that and and actually win that thing no matter where the hell they're at i honestly if, if you just and i'm not saying it's easy you have to eat right. I'll show you. And most people are like, oh, my God. The number one thing is that's a lot of protein. And I'm like, oh, yeah, <laughs> that's a lot of metabolism. In other words, what you're used to eating is carbs and fats. And we got to we got to curb that and move it more towards protein and it'll boost your metabolism. I could go on and on and on. But about I did. 
forever about how to diet and do supplements. My brother, even last weekend, he's like, you need, you need to start, you need to start doing a podcast. You know, everything about this shit. There you go. Yeah. And, and, and I don't, and, and I plugged F45 right there. I don't, I don't, I'm not affiliated. Anybody watching, I'm not affiliated with them at all. I'm just like, if you do it, any boot camp and, and what you had said, the stuff that you put in your body, that's 80% of it. Like, I don't care if you work out an hour a day, like, great. You're killing me right now. I, I personally, I'm not working out an hour a day, but. I get steps in. Uh, I monitor those about ton. I do a ton of walking I, for my job. No, no, I'm not even gonna sugarcoat it, dude. I'm just not motivated. I, yeah. I and my my dogs, my girl. We just had puppies two weeks ago, and if I go to the gym, it, it's it's every day. I do it. Yeah. I do every hardcore really. And if I don't do it, I don't do it. If I do do it, I, I I'm all in. Well, because. Our nickname for you was Coach during coach. college years. And, and when that was the most, be- I almost said that. I almost asked everybody to take a knee for Dublin's graduation. Oh, yes. <laughs> I've been like, what the fuck are you talking about? Well, 20 years ago, everybody would have taken a knee and listened to Coach. You know, take yep. your five and you'll slam your beer after I'm done with this yammering. I've been what? on a knee in front of you many a time listening to you. Coach us up. It's so fucking funny, dude. I love that. Uh, Robert, our boy Robert Bunch and I, we loved, I, I turned him on to that movie. I remember watching it at like six years old and there was boobs on it. And we're like, <laughs> oh my God, the panty raid. But I, I showed it to Robert right after he had uh we watched old school at the theater one summer and there was only like four of of the crew i know yeah. you know about. there's only like four of us still there and paulson bunch myself went to that movie theater on fourth street and watched old school and i'm like you guys have you seen revenge of the nerds i love will ferrell you love this we all bought a else we had the entire theater three three pints dudes i was like as soon as we get home we need to rent revenge of the nerds it's a fucking classic rocking it so i don't know how i got off on that tangent but everybody you did because he's like uh giving the speech at the end or where they got beat by a bunch of nerds he's like yeah your dad looked down upon you in your crib. Yeah, that whole speech is just great. Hello, and finish it off with uh, uh, shit. Uh, Freddie Mercury, help me. Which one? I do. We are uh, champions. Yeah, we are the champions by uh, Queen. Queen. That yeah. movie, I think I still have it on VHS. I have, uh, no, yeah, I do have it on VHS. Uh, not on VHS, I have on DVD. I was thinking I might have Revenge of the Nerds too, but I don't think I have that one. It's um, the, only, just have the first one. Like my my vintage love. I love Revenge of the Nerds. It's the greatest, greatest show ever. It is. It, 
Um, moving on, I went out. I went out to uh, number one. I just needed to be. I need to do a not escape, but just just go somewhere bigger, more, more. And you know what's funny? I'll say this. So here I am coming back from a vacation uh, back to Wyoming. It's like New Year's Eve or some shit. And one of the cops of the he's a retired cop. And I never had any problems with him. We never ran into each other along the way. Um, but he kind of, he comes and sits down to, next to me at the bar and he says, Zach, you, you know what? Win, lose, or draw. I really applaud you for going out and trying something else other than just Sundance. And I don't mean it to knock it on Sundance. It's a beautiful small town, great people. There's a lineage here, great history. But you can always come back to that if you want. Yeah. I see so many kids year in, year out. They just, it's not necessarily the easy way out, but it is the easy way to get a job that makes good money. And that that's coal mining in Wyoming. And I hope it goes on for as long as they possibly can. And I hope that in the meantime, they diversify and bring even more jobs. And, and don't look at it as like, I'm competing against this and doing this shit everywhere <laughs> I'm trying to get to. Yeah. To diversify and, 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 and do everything you can on those wells in the meantime, but diversify. And those wells are not renewable. They eventually run out. Yeah. Wouldn't it be nice to have something else you could transition to when it runs out? And I mean, that's, that's great that that police officer recognized you for doing that. Um, I, I used to, being that I did not grow up here all my life, um, would preach that to everyone. Be like, I'm like, get out for a little while. You can come back, but go learn the world or at least what the world thinks beyond Wyoming. Um, I say that too. I worked at a summer camp in New York and I ended up living in, in New York for a bit. And I would tell that to everybody out in New York. It's the same way. They would grow up on Long Island. They're going to go to college on Long Island and they're going to get a job on Long Island. There may be more opportunities, but they're never going to know what Wyoming is like. They're never going to know what out here is like. So I'm like, go explore the world, go work. And I mean, that kind of the mentality that brought me to New York was, I hate to say it, uh, if I can make it there, I can make it anywhere. But I mean, I'd already met, I mean, I'd met my future ex-wife there. Um, I knew I didn't want to just go to Denver because that seemed like what everyone did out of here or work in Wyoming. I was like, I got to get out there and prove that I'm hot shit. I think I'm hot shit at what I do in my camera work and broadcasting world. I got to, I got to prove this. And um, I don't know if new TV news was the spot where I really should have wanted to prove it, but it was the first access into showing off my degree skills. But um, I saw what the world was like and I was like, Hey, Wyoming's not too bad. <laughs> and and but yet still had a mentality of i'm going to go back to laramie because there's a job opening in education but i'm definitely keeping my doors open my mind open to go back to the west coast i thought that's where i belong but 
like things progress. I got a better job at the university. I'm a DJ at a bar. I'm having a great time. It's really hard to be like, yep, let's go somewhere else and do this. <laughs> but it's also difficult because guys like you and a lot of people are like, well, I'm just finishing my degree and I got to get out. And I'm like, everybody left me. And that's okay. Um, I understand because you're going to come back eventually because the University of Wyoming, your alma mater, you'll make it there sometimes. Generally, I'm here, especially sporting events and all that. Um, I'm the guy that, that keeps the the flame alive, um, definitely share stories and such. But I want to always tell people, especially in Northern Wyoming and these small rural communities, go out, explore the world and take that information, that knowledge, that intelligence you gain out there and bring it back to Sundance. Yeah. And change Sundance. And maybe you don't have to change it. Well, we're all going to be suddenly hippies now in Sundance or something like that. But change it for the better. Things evolve. That things do progress. You know, keep that community alive. Um, yeah, because sometimes uh, communities dry up, which is sad. They might dry up because of oils and stuff like that. But if you have other diversity in a community, you don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. And now everybody's re working remotely kind of situation. So you could do that in a Sundance, Wyoming as well, too. Mm -hmm. But bring your your just ideas. And, and I know people are like, Oh my God, they want to change Wyoming. No, I don't want to change Wyoming like that, but it needs to evolve, which it, it's, it doesn't do that great of a job at. It's a natural state of life. Like, and if we want to interject an economy, we have to mimic life as much as we possibly can. We can't just say whoever has the most money wins. And that's what, Sadly, yeah, kind of out to, but uh, the ultimate point of especially, I don't care how old, how old you are, I feel blessed that I did it as soon as I could. You'd already moved around a lot as a young man, and I think the number one thing is that while you go to these other places and you learn about them, you learn about you and like how you really have basically um day in day out a lot of it is structured and or it's a routine that you're replicating each day not to say it's bad but um it's not going to change unless you see something else and make make a change to some to something else and it just it, and it just boggles my mind i want all those coal miners i got family and friends in my own I want them to make as much money as they can helping out families with electricity, their most basic needs. But don't be so against other things because especially because your thing is yours is going to dry up at some point. You can't just yeah. say, hey, bring some more oil. You have to eventually do it, regardless of what your political anything. I don't yeah. care. You have to eventually do it. Are you going to get out ahead of it? Or are you just going to wait for it to, when you know, you just fucking fight it and then get hit behind the back of the head. Like, fuck, should have done this 20 years ago. So, I don't know. I got two, well, two more questions. What's you that? Touched, you touched on um, 
a girlfriend, fiance throughout this. this He's my baby. How'd you guys meet? I wish she could have been out there with me for uh, for Dublin's graduation, but we literally had three newborn puppies Tuesday, and I left Thursday morning. Uh-huh. Like, literally, I even felt bad. I was like, oh. At first, I was like, I'm not going. I'm sorry, I can't go. My yeah. girlfriend, you need to go. I'm like, I know I need to go, but we're going to have the puppies. And I don't even want to go into the long story of I bought a, a, a Mitsubishi uh, that had 6,000 miles, nothing. And I, I paid for the tax title and fees. Um, I like I said, I don't want to go into yeah. it, but I, I, that car was a lemon. And I have no legal basis to try to come back and get anything more than asking the state of Oklahoma for my tax title and fee for that car right back. I think I'm basically out about $4,000. So Damn. comes down to your brother's graduation and going back in my mind, I was like, I'm not doing shit until I get $4,000 back one way or another. And Father Time, God's like, oh, well, fuck. And you ain't going to that fucking, your brother's uh, law degree. And my girlfriend just, she's like, you need to go, you need to go. And I'm like, baby, I can't make it. You're going to have to spend the whole week, the end of the week with the puppy. She's like, I don't give a shit. And I was like, how do I say no to this? I need, okay. So, A, I booked all my shit. I love my girlfriend to death. She took care. She took care of all the the puppies. We have a Maltese that's a purebred and a Malty Poo that looks like a white teddy bear. And um, yeah, all three are females. If if you uh, if you're interested, let me know and uh, just DM me. I don't want to pull any bullshit on anybody. I'll be completely transparent. Facetime, show you the puppies. I'm legit. I just want good things to happen. I want my dogs to go to a good home. And um, if you right now are sitting here listening and you're thinking it's too far away to get a dog from Oklahoma to Wyoming or Oregon or whatever. One of the three puppies we sold on the last litter went through a company called Shoot. (laughs) Shoot. I can't. I'll, if you ask me, right. ask me on the DM. I will let you know the company. I think it was like Pick Me Up or something like that. Uh-huh. Um, I can get you connected with them and what happened. Not just you, but anybody watching. Yeah. All I have to do is drop this little puppy off with a lady that's certified to be able to hold that puppy in her lap all the way to you. Nice. That's cool. She takes, if she has any connecting fights, she stops and uses the relief room, all that. And um, my friends in Seattle bought one of the female Maltese, Maltipoos, and flew it there for cheaper than they would have been able to find that same dog in Seattle. Oh, wow. So 
if, if anybody's interested in a multi-poo as you're listening to this, hit me up as soon as you can. I got one person uh, interested in one already. First come, first serve. And I'm happy to FaceTime, whatever. I want my dogs. I'm not trying to scam nobody. Um, I want you to feel comfortable. And I also want to know that my dog is going to a home that's going to be, you know, take care of it. So it's not just, this is the last breed too. As soon as she has this one, we're fixing her because you can't, I got a boy and a girl and you can't, you can't stop it. You can be as diligent as hell, but if you stop, it's going to happen. I wanted, I was trying to get your story on how you guys met. Mm hmm. So, um, yeah, for a minute while I was kind of evolving my way through the fitness, uh, training, training clients, more so learning about supplements and selling them through a company called NutriShop. Um, I was also double dutying, uh, as, as, as imposing as I may have seemed at 185 pounds, I was a doorman at a place called the local peasant in Woodhills. It's a, it's a gastro pub. It's cool. It's, it's very, it's a cool place. One of my buddies back there in LA connected me up with it while I was trying to get more money through training. And anyway, he's like, you do this shit. I do this at night. I train clients in the morning. And next thing you know, so I'm working out there and it's a funny night. I'll never forget it. I had this kind of bigger, older, fat lady that just kept rubbing up on me and asking for a lighter. And like, oh, it did have a lighter because that's what every person walked out of there with asking for. But this woman just kept pounding me and she was hammered and Amy kept interjecting and like kind of saving me the whole night. Like, leave him alone. He's got a job to do. And she just, she's so fun. She's beautiful. And uh, as we were chit-chatting, she tells me she's from Norman, Oklahoma. And I have a very close aunt and uncle that's up in the north east corner of oklahoma called bixby it's right by tulsa okay and she called she's like are you a fan of the thunders i was like the thunders plural like <laughs> giving her shit you know it was back when uh kevin durant westbrook and harden all played on that team in oklahoma was like yeah i love the thunders all of the thunders and that was it man um Things were picking up, but not crazily fast. I eventually stopped doing that job at, on the nights and uh, was full-fledged in as a manager of two different stores. Um, kind of an assistant at one, but totally managed another just outside of L.A. in a place called Thousand Oaks. And, man, I'd see D1 athletes. I'd see... Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal has been in our store in, in El Segundo. Man, we've seen everybody out there. It's 
it's a blessing, but it's also like, dude, check yourself. It don't matter. It's just the same. It's just another person. Look what they did. Do you want to do that? Yeah. Go for it, man. And uh, yeah, man, I cut my teeth a lot out there. When you say the, the ability to just connect with anybody or just start a conversation, that's the first step in any relationship, whether you're trying to sell something or not. And even if you're not trying to sell a legitimate thing, you're at least selling time and, you know, paying attention. Uh, everybody's always selling something. And I, I used to have a, uh, I eventually won nothing with marketing. It's like, Oh my God, I'm a, I want, what did you want to, you wanted to become a yuppie Zach? And, and I abandoned that as soon as I saw, I took my first so, uh, sociology class, you know, general sociology. Yeah. And uh, the guy's name was Richard Mahalik. Within one week, I was like, I need to set up an appointment with you. I'm, I'm going to, I think I want to announce my major. And I, I just, I don't know what the hell I can do with sociology. Great guy. Love him to death. He's like, well, I'll be straightforward with you. I was exactly the same way. I served in the army. I took all these classes. But when I took my sociology, my very first sociology class, I was like, exactly. It's exactly what I want to do. And nothing was going to deter me. And I started looking at the jobs with if you just have a bachelor. And it's just like, it's actually just shit. If you have a master's, typically you end up, you can make decent money, but it's so stressful on your life. Eventually you have cases where you care for your that kid more than their parents do. And, and the only time you can ever talk to them is when the, the kid's at school. Like they shelter them and keep, they might even have them locked up somewhere. You don't know. And so the school, I started finding out as the more I was in education, I was like, the school becomes a liaison to, to try and help law enforcement do their job when grandparents are already raising the kid. And that's wrong from the get-go. Parents are off and it's just yeah. all so fucked up. And... Um, I moved out to LA and I loved what I was doing. I love training and connecting with people. I love actually seeing an actual benefit. And you can tell you've lost weight. I can look at you. I don't want to have a scale like, yeah, we'll use the scale. Of course, but I want to see it. And I want anybody can, do whatever with their own body if they're motivated enough but to 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 do it to somebody else is so fucking hard it's especially with the american mindset like oh, we yeah. just give the money here you go i gave you 50 bucks where's my muscle bitch it's like <laughs> but uh i i got i i got disillusioned by it um I was working a lot out there in LA. Typically my day was get up at nine and, and drive an hour to work 
And uh, after a 10 hour day, I would drive another hour back. So it was like 12 hour days, six days a week, a lot of times. And um, I was just exhausted all the time. I, w- I would drink 300 milligrams. And I'd drink my pre-workout right after I got off work at 7.30 and do a workout at 8 and then get home at 11. And it's like straight to bed, like no living. Yeah. No real living. I was blessed uh, with Amy. She would always make me dinner. She would prep food for me. Um, I love her to, to bits. And um, so, we, like, as a doorman, did you get her phone number that night? <laughs> uh, or did you guys meet in again further down the line? No, I'm well, I know she. She's like, I live like three blocks away. Huh. I was like, oh, let me get your number anyway. Do you mind? And she gave me, she gave me her number. And uh, yeah, you know, fast forward, we we were dating in LA. We, we worked out a lot whenever we could. It was actually hard to work out together. A lot of times she'd tell you differently. She'd be like, you just want to work out by yourself. And I'm like, <laughs> well, sorry, babe. I outweigh you by double your weight like you don't push me like i'll i'll take you for a workout but i'm not really working out and uh anyway long story short she drops this ball on me with an opportunity this opportunistic ball on me i should say out here in norman oklahoma and fast forward my oldest brother conrad is talking to my mom and my mom's like i don't know where the hell he's going some random town in oklahoma called norman (laughs) random my brother's like aunt julie that's like that's that's where the university of oklahoma is it's not just some (laughs) shit (laughs) and amy had said i want to take you out there because we have an opportunity. It's not going to seem extravagant, but I want you to see it with an open mind because my dad has made a killing off of it and he's done it for about 30 years. So I walk into this flea market, haven't been to one probably maybe three times in my life. And I see he sells nothing but paraphernalia. And I'm like, Oh my God, that chamber pipe right there was my very first and my second pipe. And I look up, I'm like, how the hell you put me in with this? Like, this is just, this is perfect for me. You know what I'm saying, brother? Yeah. Yeah. And he actually, he's probably, his booth, especially with the three of us working there each day we're we're making more money than any other booth in that flea market and it's been there for 50 plus years and there's probably 80 plus vendors there's even people outside but i know it's not the most it doesn't necessarily make mom super proud but uh shit 
My mom had rheumatoid arthritis. She could probably use uh, a little help from uh, from God's from God's plant as opposed to man's pill. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, and and even I mean, going back to growing up in the Sundance, to where our views at and where our science was at with it, to now, it's like cell phone. It's light speed. It's more like what we know about it and it's just hung up on that propaganda and being schedule one where it truly can help so many people are there 18 some states that have some sort of uh legalized or medical or cbd law in place i mean at least cbd if if anybody started to stop but if you haven't seen a dog with seizures get cbd in in wyoming folk Come on, just like, please open your mind to these things, especially if you're an animal lover with a dog with seizures or joint pain. Do these things. And Coca-Cola was crazy when it first came out, too. So was Facebook. Everything was crazy when it first came out. Yeah, and and, it's, it's amazing that we're still stuck on just nonsense statements like well people get addicted and i'm like no physical addiction is not a thing to marijuana mental sure i get it but physical no but even if you quit caffeine you get physical addiction issues you do not get it without drug it is weird that the people still classify in that area because i remember i worked with a guy and his mom had severe, had cancer, like stage four. She was just looking for relief. And I was like, and Colorado was just opening up all the medical stuff. And I was like, hey, you should look into this. And he's like, I don't want my mom to get addicted. And I was like, but you want her to be comfortable at the end of her life, man. Like you should, I mean, it will help her eat. It'll help her bowels. Like there's just so many things. And, and like you said, seizures and dogs, seizures and people, there's just, so many cures that lie inside THC right now that I'm, it's just nonsense that places like, well, we'll have, well, we just bringing more drugs is not the right thing in. And I'm like, actually it'll probably help people get out of other drugs. I mean, that's proven there too. Matthews has gone down in places like Colorado, same with um, opiate uses, alcohol use. Like a lot of people choose marijuana as their out drug from, from rehab as opposed to like say cigarettes and tobacco which is just another giant addiction and so it's it's interesting i'm glad at least oklahoma is a little more lenient than my fine state about it and everything that you can go in and and sell that stuff we do have shops like that too i guess as well Um, yeah it's more so like just finding them and like like where are they at and um i mean we do and it's probably because it's laramie i don't know if they exist in a other smaller communities but yeah we have shops for that as as i mark my words oh let me let me introduce everybody baby pongo look how soft he is now he just got just got he just got brushed this is my girlfriend amy (laughs) and this is my my boy my girl is is feeding all the little Maltese 
and we'll have multi poos ready to go in about oh six weeks, six or whatever, whenever you're ready. But. We have cats. I got two. You're a cat man. Yeah. Well, I grew up with dogs. I, Don't get me wrong. I will. We want to have dogs again. I would be totally happy. Not again, but. Uh, but I'd be totally happy with the cat for the rest of my our cats for the rest of my life. Um, they're cool. They're fun. I enjoy them. My cat is just a piece of work. Um, he's got he's alpha male and he's got attitude and it's his house and he's like 13 right now so <laughs> going a little blind eyesight's gone uh, ears going stay the fuck um, off blind mentality but i but he's I, I he changed my life and pets changed your life like he gave me a reason to come home from the crazy dj rude nights at lovejoys and such and so like it gave me stuff, to, something to feed, to take care of. He gave me love and made me come home from going out on big tours and stuff like that. And so I, I love him to death. And now we have a female cat too. And they're just fun. 908 Ivinson at fucking four in the morning. Oh, yeah. Good shit. And then my last question is this. And I ask yeah. this of everyone on the show since it's called All My Friends. Yes. You spoke of 907. But how did we meet? You and I as friends, how did we meet? So, A, night, night, I think it's actually 807 because it's right before 9th Street. It's right on that block. 9th and Ivinson. There was, there was Bunch, there was JD. He was just about to move out of the house. Brett was there. Brett said a steam. And I think it was 816. I remember the shirt. Yep. You nailed it. 816 Ivinson. That's my mo that's my boy. So yeah. Really, the first time I ever got invited to hang out there, it was like 8 a.m. in the morning. And I think our but my buddy Brad. Hockett, who I don't think he even lived in Laramie, but he, he knew all these boys. He and he knew me. And uh so he comes to my house, he's like, Let's go over to the ninth and Ivan. And my guys are fucking going down over there. <clears throat> and I walk in, and Robert's older brother was kind of one of my nemesis in, in high school basketball. Yeah. He was very fucking quick, he was very shifty with the basketball. Loved the kid. Hated him too because he was good. Yeah. And Robert was two years younger. He wasn't a, a he wasn't a magician with the basketball, but he would sit out at the three point line because his brother fucking would do all the magic and he just kick it out to him. And Robert was a very great three point shooter. Um, I knew those two boys from high school, and the very first time I partied over at their house, it was like eight a.m. And it's JD with his tidy whities on and a cowboy hat and Robert with some tidy whities on and nothing else. And they're doing sword fighting with their Bud Lights. Huh. And I'm like, this is my fucking crew. I love these guys. Because to be honest, I had a lot of friends that just like to smoke pot and, and just chill and, and call it a night and like hang out. And nothing yeah. wrong with that. I, I like that too. But I was like, oh, my God, these guys party like fucking hard. Like, so 
one of our favorite places was Lovejoy's. Was it Wednesday night? Wasn't it Wednesday? Thursday. Was it? it was Thursday. I figured. Yeah, I've just been. <laughs> and uh, I was like, yeah, why would it be Wednesday? But um, Thursday, the the pitchers uh, or whatever you want to call them, fish bowls for $5, Jack and Coke. $8. And you, $8. It's eight now. No, it was eight then. No, man, it was five. It five. It was eight dollar. I just posted a memory on Facebook about it. No. Yeah, yeah, eight dollars still cheap, though. Yeah, fuck, we didn't give a shit. Kara, what was her name? Kara Hardy. Yeah, got married. She's a sweetheart. She took. She fucking blew us up. And you know what's funny is so many people were like, "Do those guys do coke or fuck? Like, how do they party so fucking hard?" <laughs> It was just the spirit of that that crew, and you were the DJ every night. And I believe I don't remember. I'll be honest with you; I don't remember the specific yeah at Justin. But it was either like I got introduced to you there on a Thursday night, or Milk introduced me to you. And shit, Milk Milk taught me a lot. I love listening to Milk. Like yeah. Morning, I pick him up at like 9 a.m. in the morning and he's got, a, we'll say, a friend in bed. <laughs> and, uh, and he's like, dude, I need to go get my car. But uh, yeah, let's get down. And he played Wu-Tang for the first. No, Wu-Tang. He did ab, the ABCs. Help me out if you oh, remember. Oh, yeah, Blackalicious, Alpha Black Olympics. It, he rapped that fucking song right on point with black alicious all the way from like basically the ranger to the stadium that morning i was like and i remembered dale corio like i remember just <laughs> yeah i i know this guy was a baller for wyoming and then yeah it was it was just kind of all mixed up in there you 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 were a member of the crew the crew we called ourselves and we had ninth and ivinson tenth and bradley and then lovejoys definitely enjoyed a lot of our conglomerates uh <laughs> i was definitely brought into the crew we threw milk for sure um yeah it had brought, to that yeah. was our like we need you're like everybody's like we got a dj and i'm like yeah we got a dj <laughs> and <laughs> like uh i this is um if anybody remembers this uh you're responsible for it it's a good thing we had you were like we got to come up with a song that transitions us from we're sitting down people are still eating we're kind of chill to like, like hip-hop music to rap to dance music to just getting crazy shots <laughs> And you're flipping through my CDs and you're like, this one. And you point at Steeler's wheel stuck in the middle with you. And you're like, when people hear that song, they're gonna know, cause it's the staple song that transitions us to the next couple of hours of debauchery and such. And after a while, yeah, it pretty much people would hear it and they'd be like, oh man, time for shots or oh, like, it's coming. And so like, I remember that for sure. Um, definitely the uh, coaches' speeches. The um, my posse's on Broadway song where we'd pull out the chairs and everybody'd sit like in a car and drive. 
Like, if you didn't know us and you just walked into Lovejoy's that night, you would have thought that was the dumbest thing you've ever seen. <laughs> but it had people in stitches when we'd started. Remember Robert and I throwing flags at people on oh, Halloween yeah. for the stupidest shirts ever? And then oh, God. one of my favorite, and this is probably not PC or whatever, but my oh, favorite yeah. costume was you were Superman, wearing the whole gear, like the abs and everything, in a wheelchair. <laughs> and I pushed so hard for you to win that night at, at, at the, because I thought it was just innovative. It was smart. It was so yeah. What is a man to do on Halloween to win these competitions? Um, that's funny you bring that up. I oh, is this it? That's my beautiful uh, yeah. Amy. Try to then, hear the song. Oh, stuck in the middle. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah, now I got it. Yeah. Yes, that's a. Okay, we. I'm not paying for that song. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It, you can play X amount of seconds, and if it's caught in the background, it's fine. Yeah, um, and it was it, it's nothing like um, I charge. For, I don't make any money off these podcasts or anything, so we're all good. I was making a joke there. It's but all good. The the costume, yeah. I was like, I remember oh my holding God. my hands over people, and it ended up being like two girls dressed up in like army, you know, sexy army yeah. girls, and I was like, Fuck. you did nothing. It was like okay. Yeah. You walked out with less tits showing than your regular day, and it's in camouflage. Yeah. I fucking, dude, I spent money on this costume. I thought of some, dude, we lost the year next, too. Um, Were you guys? Brian, uh, God dang it, I can't remember. Brian, my boy, my roommate in the final years, Brian, it also starts with a B. B squared. Yeah. B squared. Yeah. Brian Barrett. B squared. We we had the Sherry O'Terry. Oh, yeah. I was Sherry O'Terry. And he was Will Farrell. And we partied for about an hour at, at Ninth and Iverson on that Halloween. And everybody kind of, oh, I love your costume. I love your costume. It's all great. And it's and then B squared comes up to me. He's, He's crossed his line. <laughs> He's had beer number eight or whatever it is. Uh, that we need to know the cheers. Let's go home. I got a fifth of Crown Royal and we're going to learn every chair that they have. And we just sat there for about, well, not sad, but we just rehearsed the fucking chair for two hours and then went back to the party drunk as piss drinking a fifth of whiskey the whole time and then me and my hairy legs is sherry o'terry and uh brian who is where that's where it started is brian got um patrick burrow patrick burrow bought that outfit and it fit brian perfect i made a dress version of it and we did all the cheers and I think actually that was the night we lost because we did the cheer and we were like, all those bitches did was walk out with their fake play guns and shoot them with their tits out. Like yeah. we, 
not even been two years in a row, but Superman in wheelchair. I'm I'm happy you brought that one up. That one's funny. That's sick and deranged. I've, I've got pictures of both. I think I've got <laughs> as as the you know Spartan cheerleaders, and then I got you and Superman. I'll have to post them on a Throwback Thursday. Oh, okay. I love it. I love it. Well, perfect. I want to thank you for being on the show. I'm going to wrap it up. We've gone a little bit. Cool, man. I, I was I get social anxiety and I'm like I overplay everything more than it needs to be and so I was like I I hope to give them a decent show and it's probably not the craziest thing ever but hey it's my life and uh, we don't always have to hear from celebrities and all that shit and if ever anybody's more curious keep listening to Justin hit me up on the DM. Um, I love to watch this shit and see my friends and my family win. Um, and if there's anything I can do, I'm more than happy to do it. Uh, just hit me up. I'm here for y'all. I'm just in another state now. I love everybody. Especially DJ Dude. And I know Milk's eventually going to listen to this too. I love you guys, man. You have an open door over in Oklahoma. Anytime you want to come out here. Uh, all you have to do is fly here. We'll take care of everything else. I got a room. I'll pick you up from the airport. I'll drop you off at the airport. In the meantime, shit, if you want to buy drinks, buy drinks. I'll buy all your food and take care of you there. So any of my friends, and you know, you know who you are. If you're listening, um, you're in the circle. You're in the crew. The crew is still alive. There's many of us still kicking hard and strong. And I love you all. Folks, I am still looking for an artist or artist to make an intro for the show or just transition music like you just heard right there yeah someone that plays guitar someone plays drums bass whatever musical instrument i'm just looking for some transition music and if you're really inspired an intro to the show and if you make that for me i will promote your music like no other on the show and maybe on my radio station as well let me know if you're that artist or if you know that artist you can hit me up on my facebook page all my friends with justin flaskerud if you know me personally you can DM me, PM me, text me, however you like to get a hold of me. But I want an artist. I want some music for the show, not this free stuff that I use right now. But give me some music for the show so I can promote your music. Now, I want to thank Zach for the interview. I got to meet his girlfriend as well, Amy, after the show. And we talked for a bit off camera about some great subjects and such. Now, I plan on going to Norman, Oklahoma in the near future. Now, I want to get people from the crew from back in the day on this podcast. If you are one of them listening right now, I'll reach out to you or you reach out to me. Just say yes. It's fun. We have a great time. On to the next episode. <laughs>